This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakoven. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Friday to everybody out there. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. You can catch the Sarda Heyman video stream on Twitch, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. We even got Twitter on there now, so uh, very excited about that. I am Jake Bakovin, and we are in studio with Eric Strickland, who's had a big announcement today. And uh, without further ado, if you've missed it, I'll go ahead and uh, give Strick the mic and let, him, and let you uh, unveil the announcement. Well, uh, it, it comes down to it like this. Have you, you remember The Shining? Yeah. The movie, right? I like The Shining. Yeah, it was kind of a wild little movie. It's a lot of things were happening where, you know, Jack Nicholson was kind of on the hunt, had a little, you know, love interest maybe, or somebody he was stalking, so the man. Yeah. And there was a scene where she happened to kind of try to hole herself into the bathroom and, that's you know, right. Yeah. And, and you know she was in there, and he takes an axe to the to the door. Yeah. So that's metaphorically speaking, right? Uh, an axe is in, into a door. A door is something that is an entryway, an exit way, or some way a to a border or a block, whatever, yeah. right? Well, that's the door to the to the state of Nebraska that has just now been taking an axe to it. And then I stick my face in there, and I say. Here's Stricky. <laughs> Here's Stricky. I'm, I'm going to be coming back to Lincoln, man. He's coming home. home. That is awesome. We are very, uh, very excited for that, which means you'll be in studio, um, being in around the Lincoln, the Omaha area. It's going to be awesome for young high school uh, basketball. You know, just uh, everything is, is going to be bettered. But uh, most importantly, all that, you know, all that's great. But on the block will be even better. So we're very excited uh, about that. Um, did you have a chance, uh, by the way, did you? I know there are a lot of ex-Huskers in town. Did you bump into anybody or see anybody for the day-by-day uh, ceremony? No, because I got in. Obviously, we did the show. Um, then I was a little kind of jet-lagged a little bit, and I think it kind of got a little bit late. And so I just ended up having um, you know, a cigar with, with some of my uh, riffing with Raph oh, there you go. friends <laughs> yeah. and AD and, and Chris. And, and so we just had a few cigars and... And uh, talked a little bit and, and got a chance to meet and just kind of agree. I didn't get a chance to go because I just wasn't prepared and I wasn't ready. Yeah, well, I mean, you still hung out with some of the 90, you know, 90s Huskers. So oh, yeah. <laughs> basically still got we the idea. We talked about it, but we yeah. just didn't go to it. Yeah, I'm, I might, I still might, uh, I'm thinking about going tomorrow night. I heard somewhere that they might uh, they might put that, that show off the tomorrow night's um, show. But I think that that's like... Uh, uh, 35 40 bucks uh, to get in but uh, I, I I'm very interested um, we've been waiting for years I've uh, been kind of uh upset as a Husker football nation as a, as a fan base that the 30 for 30 never did one. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's, you know, from 93 to not? 97 it's just a perfect story yeah. with all the twists and turns. Um, I've seen off the text line somebody saying, you know, that's because uh, some of the 
some of the uh, stuff that, that's Off the field more stuff? difficult to talk about uh-huh. probably didn't get enough of the interviews or the, kind of that in order to maybe think that they could, would get the perfect 30 for 30 out of it. But I'm glad to see somebody saying, all right, well, if you're not going to do a 30 for 30, then we'll just do it. We'll make a great movie out of it because it's got all the plot twists. It's got all the intrigue to keep you going. It's going to be a two-part series. I think this one is like two and a half hours long, so I'm guessing total of like five hours that you're going to be able to go through um, the film and relive the days. And, of course, for people that were around back then – and I was, but I was a kid, so I don't have great memories of it. But, you know, kind of go through your own feelings of how how time was um, back then. And so um, just one of the more uh, dominant five-year stretches, probably the most dominant five-year stretch in college football history. And, uh, yes, we live in the 90s. Yes, <laughs> we are uh, prideful of that time uh, period because it, it, it was the peak. It was the pinnacle. It was the place to be, and it was it was awesome. So uh, I definitely am interested in seeing that. We do have some uh, Husker notes to get to um, as uh, it's been a good day. We you, Strick, you jumped in studio because, I mean, the, the biggest note is that Husker softball is going to be playing for a championship uh, after their 2-1 to victory over Ohio. State today, so congratulations to Ronda Ravel and the program there uh, waiting the Northwestern Michigan winner. Um, we'll see how that kind of turns out. In, in Northwestern's a, a pretty darn good squad. Michigan, Nebraska has beaten this year in softball, so uh, I guess uh, for today I'll cheer for Michigan a little bit there, but it's the same same thing I, I kind of said at, at, and, you know, with, with Nate there, is uh, it, it wouldn't be a bad to see this team tested. Of course you want to see them as far as they, they can go, um, but whether it's Oklahoma in a regional or taking on the best team Northwestern in the championship game um I, I would like to see them test in this and especially in softball and baseball if you have a good pitching outfit if you have in you know in softball more importantly fielding um you know you can you can take one from one of the better teams if you get a few a few offensive runs so um it's 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 single elimination you don't have to be the better team you just be the better team be that, that day, day. Yeah. yeah and and the thing was is it was it was big plays big timely hits just situational stuff that they were able to do and overcome and uh, some tough, you know, when I say big plays, I mean some tough plays that could have changed the dynamic of it. Uh, you know, a, a nice a nice hit in the, into the gap that could have been caught, but it, it wasn't and, and ends up preserving a win. So it's it's a it was good, man. It's good to watch. I mean, this game with Michigan and Northwestern is getting started. And again, I think it comes down to pitching. It comes down to consistency. It comes down to not giving uh, putting players on base in you know, low out situations to allow them to be able to move runners and and put you in scoring positions. It makes it tougher because then you've got to make certain types of pitches and you just can't rely on your defense as much if you put yourself in the strain. So that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, good pitching, uh, timely hitting, uh, making sure there's no errors in situations like that, and, and, and you can win a game anytime. Well, and it's just awesome for this weekend. If you, you get if you don't have that planned out yet, you're going to watch the softball championship game. Um, as it's not often, Huskers get to go for a Big Ten championship in any sport. And, of course, it's also not too many teams across the Big Ten that are going to see their team going for it. So uh, we're excited to see that in East Lansing. Also, uh, Husker baseball getting going tonight. Tonight's pitch set for 6.02 on ESPNU National TV audience. Um, of course, uh, not quite as big as Sunday's national TV audience set for a two o'clock um, pitch on ESPN two. They get on. I mean, that's that's really national TV. But either way, uh, they're taking on Illinois. Illinois is tied for third in the Big Ten standings at twelve and six or twelve and six, and in on a four game winning streak. So they're doing pretty well. Um, also, over the last couple of days, pitcher Tyler Martin no longer on the team for the nineteen and twenty seven Huskers. Um, at this point, it's it's going to be tough 
for Nebraska, obviously, I mean, you can't do anything. They came into the year with a Big Ten title hopes. So short of, of turning things around here in the final two series and going to Omaha and winning the title, um, they're not going to be able to kind of live up to those expectations. But uh, you really, I mean, you never say it's over till it's over, right? And they've got a few series here. Um, maybe the national TV audience can kind of get them going. Um, they didn't take care of Minnesota, who was at the bottom of the Big Ten standings, lost two out of three to them their last series out, which a lot of people kind of feel like, okay, that, that might be the end. Still but the, they still got a chance to get in the top eight and go to Omaha. Oh, that, no, that's that's crazy. I mean, really, the thing that you don't want to ever do is leave it in the hands of tiebreakers or leave it in the hands of of uh, referees. Or yeah. you want to you wanna basically take advantage of situations when you can put it in your own hands. Winning that series would have went a long way to keeping it in your hands instead of putting it in the hands of somebody else for them to fumble it or to drop it or to, you know, in some Man. form, basically give it to you. I mean, we saw that in the in the in the in the, uh, in the football um, <laughs> in the NFL football playoffs last year where there were at least 15 scenarios that could have went down towards the end. Right? All close games. It was, was awesome. it was crazy, yeah. right? Just so many things had to happen for. A lot of teams for somebody to be able to get in, and you know teams like Indianapolis who had it in their yeah. in, in their hands to and, get in the playoffs. You know, and yeah. they dropped the ball, which then opened the door for multiple teams to get in. They got Car- got rid up. of Carson Wentz because oh, of it. Oh man, there's yeah, no other crazy. no other way of reading that scenario. Yeah, it was. Uh, other Husker news and notes. Uh, let's go to Husker football recruiting, as I know we're all interested in what's going on there. Over the last couple of days, Nebraska offered JUCO defensive lineman Taylor Lewis that he'll announce. Uh, uh, set to announce at the end of May. He's going to take a few visits first. Uh, Nebraska, he said, is near the top. He has Missouri, Oregon State, Louisiana Tech uh, also have offered. Um, so, obviously, Nebraska looking for a little bit more help on the line. Uh, Big-time visitors this weekend from Alabama, not just the state of Alabama, from the Crimson Tide, from that program. Stephen Wynn, a defensive tackle, still has two years of eligibility. 6'4", 307-pounder, saw action in uh, seven games for the Crimson Tide last season. We uh, need that. Be huge, yeah. We need that. <laughs> that that right there would be a great filler, yeah. you know, from from what we've been able to acquire out of the portal just most recently. Um, that would be something to land that. I mean, if I'm if if I'm Husker faithful, or if I'm you know, if I'm anybody associated with the defensive line, working on the defensive line in the program, outside of the program, if I'm a Dominican Sue, I'm calling Sue and saying, that's yo, right. <laughs> we need you on the phone. I mean, that's why it's important to really maintain these types of relationships, right? I mean, I don't know if that that, that could be a compliance issue, possibly calling Sue for – I don't know why. But I don't think so. But maybe, be. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but nonetheless, I'm I'm pulling out all stops to land. Not, not necessarily because – he is like Indomitian Sue. We don't know that. He could be. Yeah. But I'm doing it because of where he's – the pedigree, the training, the the lessons learned from that program and what they teach and the way that they teach and the expectations of what they want out of their players. That's the type of character you want in your front line. I, I, whether he dominates or doesn't, that's the type of personality who has been in that type of – program you want in yours I, you know yeah not I'm, i mean the jailbird programs and all the other crazy stuff that goes in on other programs where they just allow, allow you to do whatever however whenever and no class but listen saban i know runs a tight ship 
Yeah. All the way through his coaching staff, even to his players, it's what's expected. You had top five-star receivers that left because they weren't able to do and get away and be the kind of who they wanted to be. And But the awesome thing about Saban is, rumor has it alleged, allegedly, that he – gave multiple opportunities. So he's not just a guy who's going to take a hard stance and basically just throw you to the wind and hope you you make it. He could do that because he knows he's got others coming behind you, but he's also one that gives multiple opportunities. And and maybe this young man is just, you know, seeing what these multiple opportunities of guys coming in and he really wants to try to go in and shine somewhere where there's an opening. It could be yeah, it, it sounds like he's, uh, you know, as far as, you know, he's running toward the end of his career. He's been with uh, the Crimson Tide for quite some time. So that strength and conditioning, being yeah. in that program, fighting against offensive linemen of that caliber, all that stuff is going to set him up well at his next stop, which you hope is Nebraska. He's, and he doesn't necessarily have the starting resume that, that maybe, or I guess the, uh, the all Big 12 resume that Oshan Mathis does, the starting resume that Devin Drew does. But um, you talk about, if I mean, if you can add an you know an Alabama transfer. We're always talking about SEC defensive lineman. You know SEC defensive lineman. Uh, you know a guy with starting experience in Devin Drew and Oshawn Mathis, who's uh, um, you know led the Big Twelve in sacks before. Um, it's it's crazy how much. I really have to applaud because I'll admit it. When Casey Rogers announced that he was uh, he was leaving, it was like I was pretty close to the skies falling on the <laughs> defensive line unit. And it's not just the defensive line unit that extends to the team. I mean, mm-hmm. you need to be in the Big Ten. You need to be good up front um if they can turn it around like that um that's quite impressive um even if they can get taylor lewis i, I mean that, that's you know it, it, coming from the juco ball um that'd be nice too but i mean i, I think steven win probably the bigger target on the board there um and too. uh and we'll see i mean but he's also got to bring an alabama uh, friend with him i don't know if they're traveling together but in any case defensive back kane williams uh who's a younger man hasn't played too much for alabama i think he played in a game on special teams last year but still i mean we got an alabama scholarship uh wants to go and, and try his uh shot somewhere else maybe you know with these guys Guys, sometimes just um, one of it's that the depth is ridiculous. Um, you're probably fighting with top four round draft picks if you're trying to get a spot on that line. I mean, but there's also the other thing is you know if, if you just kind of feel like you're getting looked over, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have it. It would be hard to see. We talk about guys entering the transfer portal and getting lost. I don't know if Alabama guys have that trouble as much because, I mean, that it says quite a bit about something about you if Nick Saban sees enough exactly. in you that he's going to give you a scholarship. Well, so. well, not even that, Buck. The man has played. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he saw action in seven games. We don't know. We, I mean, we can go back and track it, but we don't know if that was in a Georgia game. We don't know if that was in a blowout game. We don't know if that – I mean, to be honest, if I remember correctly, Alabama had some great games, a few blowouts in their non-conference, but I don't think in conference they just blew people to the wind. Maybe a couple of games, yeah. I think, but, but most they, of them they, were kind of. They there. were actually. It was it was crazy because last year people were putting heat on that Alabama team. Like yes. locally, they were getting a lot of it because they weren't covering the spread or they weren't like yeah. you were used. They were used to winning by the end of the third quarter and not having to like worry about it going in the fourth quarter. They were they were getting heat locally for having too many close games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Except for they were winning them, the opposite of Nebraska, right? We were mad about the close games and the losses. Right. Alabama's so spoiled at this point, they're like, we don't want to win by six anymore. We want to win by sixty. <laughs> yeah. So. uh Oh, to be you, I suppose. But uh, Nebraska was at one point in time uh, kind of interesting. Uh, also, some other news and notes that I have. Jeff Brom, of course, the, the popular Purdue uh, coach who kind of uh, 
resurrected his career, I suppose, last year at Purdue. Remember, he was hot a couple, you know, his first few years into Purdue. Um, they had Rondell Moore. They got that big Ohio State upset. He was a hot name, and he kind of passed over the Louisville job. Well, he's a big name in Louisville. He's uh, He has had some time there in high school and, and in college, and uh, he was there on a, uh, I believe it was like a high school alumni association event. And this is what he said. It, it, not necessarily good news for Purdue fans. He said, after being at Purdue two years when it came open, that was a tough call, a tough call. To be quite honest, though my schooling and how I was raised, I believe in at least trying to do the right thing and having morals and values. Um, so in talking about sticking with Purdue and not leaving after a few years and going to the Louisville job. And he said, but obviously we're on year six now. I love this town, this area. I'm an alumni of uh, Louisville, so anything can happen in the future. Why yeah. say that if you're Jeff Brom? Um, maybe he's trying to get more money out of the the deal one way or the other, but that is an option. That's not a good thing to say. That's not what you want to hear if you're a right. Purdue fan. I, I don't right. think Nebraska fans would love to hear Scott Frost stopping off at Stanford or wherever and saying, "Yeah, I love this school. I'd love to be back at some point." That is an option, and that is one to consider. And that does work sometimes when you kind of show that there's an openness and a willingness for you to to walk out the door. But let's let's be real. And that's what we do on the block. We keep it real on the block. We'll rap to you, speak to you, <laughs> talk to you, maybe throw a jab at you. if you, <laughs> you Keep know, it real. We keep it real. <laughs> but not only is the academics tough in entrance for Purdue, yeah. very strong academic school. And I think that's where, you know, the likes of like Jerry Stackhouse's and, and, and those or or others in certain schools that they're at, they they have some toughness. Struggle getting recruits, you know, because yeah. Because just some of the requirements that are there. I think Purdue is one of those. But another thing with Purdue that they're struggling with is um, the facilities. They're a little behind. Yeah. They're a little behind on stadium. They're a little behind probably in locker room and, and weight room stuff. I mean, they have it, but it's not to the – the tone that some other big schools uh, in the Big Ten have or around the country. Right. So when you're looking at those types of things and the pressures that come with being in the Big Ten and you're looking at it, you're assessing it, you're seeing all of these tough things that you're having to deal with that are kind of still behind. Now that you're at year six, how much longer and and again, this is a legend. I'm not I'm this is only speculation, just kind of looking at how I would view this as a potential coach. Plus, Louisville is in a conference that is not as difficult right now to have to to fight, right? At least yeah, going up against the ACC defenses, yeah. So so you you have that, you have a perennial uh receiving type of core you usually bring a nice little quarterback in you don't have to worry as much defensively that you would if you're at Purdue right um you don't have to recruit the same way with heaviness and in in that front line uh type of core that you need in the Big Ten in in the in the ACC you just got to be you know quick fast you know different types of crew that you recruit so that's the types of things that I'm thinking about him as when he's weighing that out and plus he's an alumnus yeah and you know we would feel no different with with Scott or anybody like that who is looking at their alma maters and a lot of coaches do they yeah look that's at always the fear yeah. it's the place that they would love to get to if it opens and it makes a way. But I love the fact that he said I, w I, I love dealing with integrity. I love de dealing with morals. Yeah. And it would be kind of 
D D ish, <laughs> like D I ish, yeah. <laughs> to to just kind of come in there and and you know stop the ground and get the heck out of there once the opportunity presented itself. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to those the coaching staff, and it's not fair to the the fans as well as the the school or the recruits that would be coming in. It's not fair. When you just think of his coaching style, obviously, whenever we talk about the the tough nose running, you know, three yeah. clouds of dust style of the Big Ten West, Purdue's the outlier. Purdue's the, mm-hmm. the pass-a-happy team um, that's fine, really, without a running back on the roster. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they run once in a while, but, um, you know, so that, you know, that 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 would make more sense in the ACC. And similar to Scott Frost, you know, he's had his success and had a really good year last year, but maybe, you know, the whole idea of coming in and taking over with that offensive philosophy um, hasn't gone quite the way he expected it to. So uh, we'll see. I just, I, I know... Um, you know, Jeff Jeff Brahms got that Purdue pro. I mean, when I look at the the schedule, I'm not overlooking Purdue. There's been years past, uh, especially when you know in, since Nebraska's joined the Big Ten, where Purdue was at the very bottom um, of the Big Ten West and, and in the Big Ten altogether, and, and they're not there anymore. I mean, they're they're well respected with their nine wins last year, including a victory over Nebraska. Let's take a quick break here on the Ticket Water Cooler, and uh, let's. Uh, Talk a little, talk a little more sports next. We don't exactly have it nailed down. We're gonna see if we can get an interview here. If not, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Iowa athletic directors suggesting ending immediate transfer eligibility to curb the wild west of NIL deals. Do we think that would be a good way to go? Uh, we'll talk about that next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> <laughs> 